We thank you for joining us here on South Florida Sunday, and we'd like to uh, welcome our next guest, Mike Durkee. He is the executive director of Wounded Veterans Relief Fund, and he is here to uh, tell us about what's going on with the Wounded Veterans Relief Fund. So welcome to South Florida Sunday. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. Thanks for having me on this Sunday. Now, tell... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, just looking forward to uh, discussing Wounded Veterans Relief Fund with you and everything that's been happening this year and, and how we're helping our veterans. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's, uh, if folks may not uh, be aware exactly what Wounded Veterans Relief Fund is, uh, the uh, area that it covers here in South Florida, and, uh, and what help we can provide for you. So let's start with a little thumbnail backstory on how Wounded Veterans Relief Fund began and uh, what work it does here in our area. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, so Wounded Veterans Relief Fund provides temporary emergency financial assistance to our veterans that find themselves in crisis. And, uh, you know, we actually work with all the VA medical centers in the state of Florida, and we've been doing that um, really for about 11 years now. And, uh, you know, as an organization and as veterans, we know that our veterans find themselves in all different kinds of emergency situations. Uh, first of all, for our younger veterans that are getting out of the military, you know, they're just coming back out of um, from combat. You know, they have a lot of times many deployments overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan. And they've seen things that so many of us, um, pretty much 99% of us, have not seen. And, you know, you really hope that you never see some of these things that go on in war. And um, so they come back, and unfortunately, they come back a little different, you know, and and um, and that's unfortunate. But uh, but we're here to help them out, you know, because when you get out of the military, it's really really different, and uh, especially to become a civilian again, and uh, and that transition can be very very difficult for our veterans, and and with that in that transition, a lot of times they'll find themselves. And in a, in a situation where they just really need a hand up and they need the support of our community to help them get back on their feet and be successful again. And as a U.S. Army combat veteran, you know very well that experience yourself. Share with us, if you would, a little bit about your, your service uh, and then your, your return back to civilian life. Sure. So in 2003, I, I entered service. I, I, um, was a little bit later, a late starter here. Of, you know, I was like 25, 26 years old when I got in. Um, so, you know, and I'm, I'm actually a Floridian. I, I'm actually from uh, Palm Beach Gardens, grew up here, and, uh, and got in again in 2003 and, and um, went through the whole training process and went to many different places in the state, in the, you know, in the States and, and also then overseas. My first duty station was in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, with the 101st Airborne Division, and I was uh, attached to a medical unit. And uh, shortly when I arrived, uh, we got orders to go to uh, Baghdad, Iraq. And uh, so I found myself over there in 2005, um, away from my friends and family, and, uh, you know, First-time deployments are always hard because you don't know what to expect, and you're you're away from from home, and uh, and, it, and especially over the holidays, it's even even more tough. So I was over there and 
and unfortunately saw, you know, one of our Humvees blow up in front of us on the main supply routes in Baghdad and, and, w- and ran over one of those uh, IEDs, improvised explosive devices. Um, you know, so I even saw some things, you know, mm-hmm. I had to dodge mortar attacks, some rocket attacks to some of our forward operation bases that I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, stationed at over there. And, um, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. So I got back. Uh, they, they actually brought me back early because I put in my warrant officer packet and I went to flight school. I flew uh, Chinook helicopters for about eight and a half years. Um, wow. Then I was stationed. I was stationed. Yeah, I was stationed up in Alaska for three years, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a great time up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after three years of, of being up in Alaska, my next duty station was Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah, Georgia with 3rd ID. And shortly after being there, we started training for our next deployment to Afghanistan. And um, we went into uh, Kandahar. So we were over there. We flew helicopter, our Chinook helicopters, drop, dropping off our, our soldiers at, at different locations to do their mission. And then we did also night missions where we... Uh, closed down uh, Ford operation bases and flying 20, 20 uh, foot long containers full of stuff back to Kandahar and in the middle of the night, um, you know, because you're more protected at night and, uh, and you're flying, you're flying heavy and slow. And, and so it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it can be a little bit, uh, you know, nerve wracking when you're, when you're over there, but when you're in the mission and, and you're doing it, you're, you're laser focused and, and you're, and, um, you know, you do what you have to do. So, uh, but so, then, yeah, go ahead. So then you come back to, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you, you come back to the United States and, and, uh, and the only vehicles you're driving are your car on I-95 and, uh, and for the most part, people aren't uh, pointing weapons at you. And as you said, right. that's, it's kind of hard to uh, to turn that that off. I would I would assume. Now, when you returned, did you reach out to uh, the uh, the Wounded Veterans Relief Fund, or or what led you to be involved in that group when you when you came back to the U.S. to states and and right. back to civilian life? Sure. So again, so when I was over in, in Afghanistan, I actually lost a good friend of mine over there to a helicopter crash. So you know, it was very tough, and and also um, you know being part of a memorial service over there where we lost, uh, unfortunately, uh, five members of the crew. Um, but, um, but, you know, we came, we came home a, a few months later and, and, um, and like you say, it's, it's really tough cause you got to turn it all off and you got to switch gears in your head and you're like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not driving all over the place. Uh, you know, now the rules apply again, um, here in the United States. And, and so, it, yeah, it, it does take a while, um, to do that. And, and so, but I got out, I got out about six months later, I got out of the service and, and that's even more difficult because now you have to leave behind, um, all those years of, of wearing the uniform and, and mm-hmm. understanding what your mission is and everything. And now you get out of the military and you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, reinvent yourself. What am I going to do now? How am I going to support my family? How, how am I going to, you know, support myself? And because when you're in the military, you have your, you know, your fellow soldiers to the left and to the right of you, you have the big army, you know, mm-hmm. that has your back. You have big government that has your back while you're in there. And then, and then you get out of the military and you're, you feel like you're, you're 
basically just been divorced from your family mm. um, so that everybody knows how that feels. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody's divorced, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, but it's a big deal, you know, cause, cause now you, you no longer have that, uh, that really tight knit family um, that you had when you were, you were in the military. And, and now you, now you're all by yourself and you have to rewrite your mission to really take care of yourself and your family. And, and also, you know, try to catch up with your civilian counterparts that have worked in, in, you know, civilian life now for, for, you know, all those years where you were in the military focused on a totally different mission and a totally different job Mm. in most cases. Uh, Now you're trying to catch up with them. You have to now go back to school again and you you have to try to, you know, acquire the skills that your civilian counterparts have uh, because let's, you know, let's, let's be fair and, and let's, be honest is that when you go to try to get a, a, a civilian job, they, they're looking for people that have some experience, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, to do that, to do those jobs. And, and if, and if somebody who comes in and is more qualified to do it than, than you, um, unfortunately, you know, they're going to get that job. Um, so, so it's, it's a setback. And, and a lot of times it's really hard for, for our veterans to, to just be in that situation and then dealing with their depression and, and, you know, again, taking off that uniform, not knowing who, who, what their real mission is right now. There's just so much that goes into it, you know. And you add all that. Then on top of that, you add, uh, you know, some type of physical or mental issue because of your service overseas. Uh, and that doesn't help matters either. So the in comes the, uh, the Wounded Veterans Relief Fund. Mike, before we finish up our conversation, can you share with us an experience that you've had recently, how you've helped out uh, a veteran uh, that would uh, uh, might illustrate to our listeners uh, how, how deep the support goes with wounded veterans? We had this one veteran who um, was paying his rent on time, and, and then the, uh, you know, the sheriff's officer came uh, to their front door and, and knocked and said, you're served with an eviction notice, and you know, that came to a huge surprise to them, and, and he showed the uh, sheriff's officer uh, the lease agreement, the two-year lease agreement, and, and all the check stubs. And, and he said, well, I'm sorry, but the, uh, the landlord, the property owner, did not pay the mortgage well, he's been co- while he's been collecting your, your rent monies. Well, of course, you know what happens. You know, it goes up in foreclosure, and, and it gets sold off to investors, and, and uh, basically they were kicking, kicking them out. He was 100% or he is a 100% disabled veteran. Mm. His wife is, uh, is his caregiver. They have three children. They're living on a, on a fixed budget every month. And, uh, you know, they, a lot of our veterans, they count on that security deposit. When they, when they get out, they move out, and they move into another place. Well, mm. all of that was, uh, was not available to them. Mm. And uh, with their desperation, they, they reached out to the VA, which, again, we work with so closely. They reached out to us, and uh, we were able to help them um, not only uh, find a place to move, um, and but we also help them with the move into a place. So, so that one right there was roughly eight thousand dollars worth of uh, of assistance to that family. And I, you, you got to, I wish I could just play the the, the <laughs> tears of joy that that our, our our veterans and the family you know was having when when they were going through the move and knowing also that they were going to get support through an organization like ours. And, and I got to tell you, we, we're all veterans, mostly all veterans here. And, and um, 
we we help out. We can help out within 24 to 72 hours once we get the referral from the VA. There's no other organization that can come close to that. So we want to make sure our veterans, they get that support in, in a timely manner. They, they know that they can get help so they're not continually stressing themselves out and their families out. And, uh, you know, because it's, it's so important that, that they get that support. I am sure we have folks who are, number one, listening to us right now that would like to support the Wounded Veterans Relief Fund, whether it be on a volunteer basis, or, you know, a volunteering of time, or if it's a financial uh, uh, support as well. Um, and I also think we probably have some veterans who are listening to us that might want to reach out and take advantage of some of the great services uh, that you offer. So how can people reach out to the Wounded Veterans Relief Fund here in our area? Oh, great, great question. And, and, uh, and thank you. There's so many different ways where you can be a part of the organization, be part of our family. Uh, we can, you can actually go on Facebook. You, you can search Wounded Veterans Relief Fund and learn all about us through, through Facebook and Instagram and, and uh, get all of the, uh, all the, the news every day and every other day. We'll, we always post something new about the organization and how we're supporting our veterans and all the different events that we have going on throughout the year to, to support them and include them. In. Um, but you can also go to WVRF, that's WoundedVeteransReliefFund.org, and, um, and you can actually um, go there and you can learn all about us as well. Now, uh, during the pandemic, we know uh, from uh, talking to a lot of our friends who are 501c3s and nonprofits and charitable organizations here on South Florida Sunday, uh, they've all been hit hard. The, the big fundraising seasons have been uh, this, the, the, right in the middle of the pandemic and right in the middle of the quarantine. And we're sure you guys have been hit especially hard as well. So we want to uh, speak out to our listeners and reach out to them and ask them to support you in any way that they can. And we thank you for your service and all the great work that you're doing with our veterans here in our little slice of paradise. So thanks for being with us on South Florida Sunday. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. And uh, I want to thank all the listeners for supporting our organization. Thank you all.